Can you make money playing Yu-Gi-Oh? Today that's going to be the topic that me and Giant Skyhawk will be talking all about right now. He'll also be playing my T-Set Pass guessing game and today's hint is I hope you've been counting. I hope you've been counting will give you a hint as to what my face down monster and my face down spell trap zone card is. So keep that in mind and let me know in the comments, do you know what cards I've hidden in my tea set? Until then, thank you very much to all my donators. You'll get a verbal shout out at the end of the video. And without further ado, let's get right into the discussion. We'll also be having a little chat about the ban list from last week right at the end. People want to know, can you make money playing Yu-Gi-Oh? Uh, what do you think of in general of of going into Yu-Gi-Oh for the money? I know people talk about going into Yu-Gi-Oh for the clout, e-clout. I don't know what that is, but there we go. What do you think of money in Yu-Gi-Oh? Uh, <laughs> it's amazing to hear the question just framed straight up like that. Because when we were talking about it before, it was it was tough to think about. Uh, I think if your sole purpose of of getting into Yu-Gi-Oh is money. Uh, you are both misguided and you're going to be sorely disappointed. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's from a, from a prizing perspective, you can make money, but you won't do it consistently, nor will it be enough to support you. It's just like a cool thing that happens sometimes if you win a mat. A nice um, little treat for doing so well, I, not paying uh, yeah. your bill for the month. Exactly. On top of you having to go through the effort to, to sell your pricing in the first place. So it's also a time investment uh, where when that time investment could be spent doing anything else. Um, something profitable. And, <laughs> <laughs> or something not profitable, honestly. Uh, invest, in, uh, invest in a skill set for yourself. Um, the uh, I know people who make money buying and selling cards, and that is something that is doable. But you have to be good at what you're doing, and it's something that you have to be constantly watching. Uh, and it's also very volatile and not stable whatsoever, and completely uh, often at the whims of many people who are not you. <laughs> so you're saying, so you're saying that I have to become a VTuber, and that's the goal. Then I'll be rich. Because I can't sell my cards, I can't sell my pricing. But if I'm a funny man on the internet, then I can have all the money. But you can't talk about them. <laughs> you can't. Uh, you, that's that's probably that's probably the most reasonable way that you could conceive of it. But that also, uh, we both do content. We know uh, it's uh, it, it's it, it, that is you have to. Uh, it, that's building an audience. That's having a support base. That's uh, going through like any number of affiliate links, Patreon. It's it's not like, it, it's not free money. It's it's a lot of hard work and to support yourself, you have to be in like the, get to that top level of the space. And in a niche hobby, um, it, it's, it's easy to carve out a space for yourself, but it's not easy to carve out a space big enough to do that. Um, yeah. The money stuff is kind of weird. So if you, prizing is the thing that I think people wish they could do. Like they look at something like, Magic the Gathering or Pokemon. And they think Magic the Gathering offers, I believe they do cash prizes on top of other stuff. Yeah. Um, and they used to have, uh, I think, I don't know if they have their like pro circuit anymore. I think they disbanded it, mm -hmm. but they had, um, they used to have like a full on like pro circuit where people would play and that was what they did. And Pokemon um, has like 
pretty impressive cash pricing for their regional events. And they've just upped their cash pricing. They already had better cash pricing than us, and they've just gone and upped it again. It's not hard to have better cash pricing than we do. We're sitting at zero. Yeah, it's Uh, a real low bar (laughs) we like to run. So just as like the layman's explanation, cash cash pricing, the ideal world for anyone who's really good at things, same way that if you're a professional footballer, or a professional you know, darts player. If you were very, very good, top of your field, you'd go to a tournament, you'd clean up big, you'd win like a big lump of sum, and then you would have a bunch of cash to either invest back in the game or to spend on bills and whatever you'd actually want to spend money on. Um, Yu-Gi-Oh! does not offer cash pricing. Uh, and that is a big uh, thing that we are not doing that lots of other card games are doing. Like we said, Pokemon Magic. Uh, I imagine Lokana might offer co- cash pricing, but there's loads of card games and most of them offer cash pricing. We do not. We're in the... And that was due to the wishes of the creator, correct? He did not want it to be a, like a monetized game in the same way. So there is some speculation about that. Uh, I have not been able to find a source for that, but that's like the thing that the community seems to believe. Uh, it would not surprise me if that was true. And I think there is something that's good about not having cash pricing. Um, one issue I think with it that is kind of like a common counter argument to cash pricing is that it creates kind of like a nasty incentive. No. Trading card trading. So something like Pokemon, for example, their TCG has cash pricing too, but um, their VGC situation, it, uh, the video game format also has cash pricing and it is a lot harder to cheat uh and i think uh something that is problematic with the card game is that there is a huge element of moral hazard uh at like a very very high level of competitive play really where significant is, enough it is, that it's a problem i think so because really? it's because it, it there are so many situations where you could just straight up like I have, I have been in situations where players have just straight up lied to judges, um, where it's like you can be like nobody's watching. Okay, my opponent did this, and then you end up in a judge call situation where there's no way to really resolve that even through an investigation, right? So people, people at that level will do anything. Uh, not everybody, uh, but it happens. The, uh, it only been, takes one, doesn't it? Like, yeah, I've sat across from the table, and so I had hoped that Master Duel would help resolve that issue. Master Duel, I think, would be much easier for a company like Konami to give cash prizing for because it, it, it's... I don't know how you cheat that system at an official tournament, right? I, I imagine it would be very difficult. Distracting uh, mate. My mate's too distracting. Judge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's a DDoS time. Uh, <laughs> Judge, I was clicking my mate and I skipped yeah. his stuff. <laughs> now, I think... And it's also like... A, it, it, it makes the aura of an event kind of like you got this thing hanging over you like yeah. uh, a comparison i like to make is uh, the fgc uh finding game yeah. uh, community they've had cash prizing forever even if it's just like small cash prizing for pools um so i think even when that environment of like cash prizing in a one-on-one game is there even though there are issues with it i think ultimately it's still better than what we have now <laughs> yeah um so, for example, uh, I got top eight at a remote dual regional, uh, 100-ish players uh, yesterday. If it was, if that was like an FGC event, there might be a pot, and cash pricing could be like 150 to $200, which for a small event is pretty good. Uh, this is what I got. <laughs> you got a beautiful mat. I don't see what That's you're it. complaining about. That's a 200 pound mat right well, there, if I ever saw it. <laughs> so, to be, yeah, exactly. To be fair, it is a beautiful mat, and if you look at what it's selling for, uh, well, selling for what it's listing for, uh, probably would sit at like 
uh, somewhere between like 130 and 140 Canadian, I think is when I last checked, which is good, but you have to go through the effort to sell it and you have to find a buyer, which frankly for playmats is kind of difficult. I have, let me just pull this out from various uh, remote dual event results and, and side event results. I have got this gigantic stack of playmats that I have maybe used two of in my entire life. Yeah. And I have on and off been trying to sell them forever. And it is just very difficult to do. <laughs> like, especially when they're like of higher value, it's harder to unload them. So for a lot of these people, unless they're like really high end collector's items, like maybe the world championship uh, mats, it's difficult to unload them, even if they have value. So you're, you're asking to get value out of their results. You're asking people to go through a whole bunch of extra effort. And that, I think that kind of sucks. One model that I really like actually is the One Piece TCG. I haven't seen what uh, they do for money. I've played the game, but I haven't looked at the competitive. What do they do? So they don't do cash prizing, but this is something that I've seen talk people talk about as a way to reform Yu-Gi-Oh prizing if they don't want to do cash. And that is uh, alternate art uh, arts that are exclusive to event tops yeah. uh, for relevant cards. So One Piece has like alt arts for cards that are good in their game or like sick stuff and they end up being very valuable because not only do collectors want them but people who want to like max rarity their competitive deck may now want these copies of like uh, i think there's like a special version of law that uh that you can that you can win at like regional events and those those get very expensive and there's demand for them because people want them to bling out their decks uh, so that would be a cool way to do it but sensibly though Thinking back to Yu-Gi-Oh! pricing, those cards are already cards that are just getting rarity bumped. Now, Yu-Gi-Oh! has varied with what kind of cards they give away at the top end. So it used to be, well, it's still the case, it's very high-level tournaments. You get given a card, a special card, to symbolize the fact that you won. Now, in modern days, I don't know how many years back now, but we tend to get these things called Anotherverse Monsters where it's just it's a normal monster they'll tend to have 2500 attack and they'll have some nice interesting text on it for flavor uh, the runner is up get a super rare version and the winner gets an ultra rare um, yep. these cards are not good they're not good to use <laughs> in play in play but yeah. in olden days they used to make special new cards for the winners that used to be cracked stuff like um, deck virus uh, stuff like uh, the Light Sworn Xyz monster. Yeah. Uh, Crush Card Virus. Um, the, it's Minerva the Exalted Light Sworn. Yes. Uh, the Rank 4 Xyz. Um, How do you feel I, about those? <laughs> I, I think that's actually the worst of both worlds. Um, when, when a card, when a prize card is playable and exclusive, so it's not like an alt art, it's its own thing. It's really bad because that means that there's a deck in a format that's locked behind an unbelievable paywall. So Minerva, I think, is the most recent relevant example of this, where, um, like Lightsworn, if you had Minerva, was a viable competitive deck. But that viable competitive deck was now locked to people who got top four at an existing event or people who wanted to pay $2,000 for a super rare version of a prize card. And people paid it. People some people some people did which has me worried about how we process things <laughs> if you but, were a number hunter diabolus the mind hacker obviously got very prominent when Kashira first came out and then very banned 
he used to be a prize card. So if you wanted to collect all the numbers, you would have been out of luck. I actually started collecting the numbers before I realized that he was a prize card. And by the time I got to him, it was the week that he got reprinted in that in that reprint pack. So it lucked out oh, for me. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> Euphoria. <laughs> oh, it's happened. It's happened multiple times with the numbers. The one I'm missing is the one that gets reprinted the next day. But um, that's mad. The cards that you can only get from these kind of tournaments, I think, should never be new. Um, because it means that you're locking the deck. Like you said, Lightsworn was a good deck if you had the Xyz. If you didn't have the Xyz, you had no gas, you had no way to mill off top of deck, and it wasn't worth playing. Um, it's an insane wall to put things behind. However, that does make them very profitable if you want to be Mr. Profit. Um, you win your tournament, you yes. sell your Minerva for 2k. That's a nice thing to change. That's kind of why I like the alt arts uh, as an option and seeing what it's done for One Piece makes me think it would be criminally easy to do for Yu-Gi-Oh. People already like uh, the alt arts that show up. I think uh, the uh, the Danger Bigfoot is uh, that's a that's a Yeti is probably my favorite alt art. Or, and the Golden Lord alt art is obviously a banger. People really uh, like the Nightmare Unicorn alt art with her riding the unicorn. Yes, Nightmare Unicorn, IP Mascarina, uh, the the evil the live twin links. Um, yeah, and people really so like those ones. <laughs> the community, the community has already shown that they like them. Uh, imagine if at uh, Unchained is the best deck right now. Imagine if you could get an alt art King Yama. Uh, if 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 you got top four at an event, not only would that card be like expensive because people would want it to max rarity their stuff, but it would be like relevant for the moment. It would be easy to unload quickly, so you don't run into the problem you have with the vanilla monster prize cards that only some collectors might want. Um, and they do sell, so like, but they don't sell for crazy money. Yeah, so another verse dragon probably is like the worst prize card that has been in, in a long time in terms of value. Uh, I think if you if you wanted a prize card, you could pick one of those up for around four hundred bucks at one point, which is a ridiculous amount of money. But for a prize card, is incredibly low. Uh, Glatonia, uh, we don't have as much of it on the market yet. We just had a big string of YCSs, so that's still there. And Technic and Glutonia, I will say, is some of the coolest card art that Yu-Gi-Oh has had in probably like five to ten years. It yeah. is big, eldritch horror, uh, cosmic entity, and the mat is is beautiful. To be to be fair to them, if they're going to give us a mat, it might as well look pretty sick. Yeah, uh, but um, it's not functionally. It's no different than the another verse dragon it is uniquely uh, a level eight themed normal monster which we did not have so if you're gonna make it a vanilla it may as well be something unique but not playable i guess i don't know um i will play it shockingly i think you're (laughs) right my um my dream and what i always thought it should be is that the card should be custom for the winner you know let's say you know jesse cotton won worlds with tia let's say he should be able to get a special Shirin Ooh. or Havness, you know, in like some kind of, not like more than Starlight, like a beyond Starlight rare for, maybe let him pick, you know, it's something from his list. It can't be any card. And then I think that would be really funny because you would get pros putting jank in the deck in the list, to get the rare it when you so you'd like <laughs> some some dark magician fan would be running tillament with one dark magician just oh, so that DM. when he wins worlds he can get that dm in the beyond starlight rare and i think that is the kind of bull that i want in worlds 
the the, the dragon the dragon link players are sneaking a blue eyes white dragon into their lists with a white stone just to try to get a special blue eyes. Wouldn't you? I, that, I would, I would, uh, I, I would, okay, uh, to be fair, that's a brilliant idea, because I can think of a number of cards that would be very funny to, uh, to try to get special rarities of. Uh, I, um, honestly, if they, <laughs> this is funny, because I've been asking for this forever, um, <clears throat> so I play Fluffle, yeah. and, uh, <clears throat> the, uh, the, the Rise of the Duelist cards did not get super rares, they all got commons, when most of the engine is available in super. Uh, because of uh, that, so honestly, if I <laughs> if I were to somehow make it to the top, and they were like, "What card do you want?" I'd be like, "Can I have a super rare Fluffle Dolphin, please?" <laughs> That's it. That's what we need. That would, that would be what I would do. And then they give but you the I starlight, and you're like, "No, no, no! I need the no, super no, 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 for no. myself." I need the- I Three, please. I, w- I just want them for I the <laughs> I just wanted to match. Yeah. I just wanted to match Penguin. Um, that's a brilliant idea, actually. I would. It would be really cool. I and I mean, I think with pricing stuff, people are like, "Oh, logistically, it would be a nightmare." Shut up. It so takes them about a- like three months to post it anyway. <laughs> like, um, thingy. Uh, uh, Joshua Schmidt's only just got his trophy today, right? Uh, like, it takes them a while to make it. So just print a card and shove it in the box. Yep. It, 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 I think people are like, oh, well, I mean, like, surely there's like a bunch of red tape to jump through. And like, on one hand, that's probably true. On the other hand, it's a very large company. I think they can do it. Um, it's not like we're saying let them make their own card. We're just saying no. pick a card. We will make it shiny for you. I think it's time for you to play <laughs> T set pass. The guessing game named after this podcast. Um, Let's go. So I have T set pass on my board something face down in the monster zone and something face down in the spell and trap zone although that may not be a spell or trap it just has to be legal it's not an infinity arch okay. fiend but it could be an artifact size um okay it you'll just you get to, a hint to legally be there okay so yeah. so it could be silver sentinel is what you're saying it could All be right. silver sentinel um you get a hint you get two guesses on the monster two guesses on the spell trap zone they you get okay. three questions to narrow it down but that's for the t- that's I, for both cards both cards i um uh, I talked a big game when you told me about this, and I am now suddenly realizing I should not have talked a big game. <laughs> All right. All right. Uh, okay. So, so I, do I get the hint first, or do I ask the You questions? get the hint first, otherwise that would be far too mean. Um, okay. So your hint is, I hope you've been counting. Your hint is, on this episode of T-Set Pass, I hope you've been counting. I hope you've been counting. Okay, so immediately, um, immediately, this makes me think counters. Uh, so awesome options: counters, turns. Um, I hope you've been counting. It could be. Uh, I mean, my immediate thought was linear equation canon, but that's not really counting. That's like doing an equation. Uh, it could also be number monsters. Uh, you do like the number monsters. I do like the number monsters. You have, to, you have to count those. I hope you've been counting. You got three questions to narrow it down. All right. I I have some ideas for questions. Uh, God, this is like the... the... (sighs) Okay. This is the the, the limited uh, limited CMO series. Um, All right. This is a risky one. Okay. But I'm going to ask it and then regret my decisions later. Um, can either of these cards have counters placed on them? 
No. Okay. Now I can I can at least erase that train of thought from my head. You can move away from your spellcasting dreams that you've I, been filling your brain with. Yeah. So my problem is like monsters, right? So I'm immediately I'm thinking, what on monsters would you have to keep track of? Mm-hmm. I hope you've been counting. So there's the fortune ladies. You have to keep track of their levels every turn. Uh, there's the FAs. You have to keep track of their levels. And neither uh, of them uh, get counters. They just get levels. So they just was, get levels. They've not been eliminated uh, by your first question. Gren, Gren Maju. You got to count all the banished cards. It's true. Uh, but in that case, you could like, be counting things like um, the trap, the one that does like damage per banish. You could talk about all sorts. Of yeah. Do, do you finish? I hope you've been counting. Uh, I'm getting stuck on the word "been" because it means you have to. It's something you have to be continuously keeping track of. I hope you've been counting. Something like until your like X standby phase. Mayhaps. I hope, I hope you've been counting. Oh my god. Okay. Um. Do any of these cards have an effect that counts the that tracks the number of turns that have passed? No, they do not track the number of turns. We have no final destination here in our spell trap zone. There's nothing. I am screwed. <laughs> you uh, put it all on final death. Uh, okay, well, I got I got one more question to work with. So I know no spell counters, and it doesn't count doesn't track turns. Correct. So it's making me think. And you do get two guesses on the monster and the spell trap. So you got okay, two you, guesses on each. I yeah. could I could fire I could do some blind firing. You could do uh, some maybe blind firing. I'll do some blind firing. Uh, I'll do. I'll, I'll give one one guess for each, and then I'll maybe save my question. Yeah. So, I hope you've been counting. That doesn't track turns, but tracks something. Okay. I am going to guess that the spell or trap card is your finished, because that counts. The number of effect activations. That is correct. My spell trap is your There's finish. There's no way. There it There's is. There's no way. Let's go. Your finish is a shiny <laughs> new trap. It counts the number of effect activations in a turn. When it hits 10, it becomes a big girl and she becomes a 3k monster <laughs> that can destroy all cards on the opponent's field should they choose to do another again. It's a nasty little trap uh, from Duelist Nexus, I believe. Yeah, from from the latest set. Uh, it is actually it's such a unique card. I love that. There, I think there will be a time when somebody tries to use that. I think there will be a deck eventually that plays very heavily into it, and people might try it out. It's weird because it's very conditional, and it screws up a lot of stuff. But it's also very powerful. Or maybe when um, there's like a labyrinth equivalent for continuous traps that can sort of tech it out of the deck and set it. I think maybe then mm. it would be very much like. And then well, if there's a thrust for continuous you know that we can search it i think that could really change how people view yeah. it but yeah congratulations you got the first first card first shot bang bang blind fire i i cannot believe i got that right that's <laughs> unbelievable um okay so i have two guesses for the monster and i have one more question yes uh i'll, I'll, I'll blind fire the monster because it went well for me for the spell trap um monsters that count i don't know uh where's where's the <laughs> Where's the count from the Muppets when you need him? Uh, One, ah, 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 Something... No, it can't be something that you said it doesn't 
turns. So it's not something that gains attack based on the number of turns or levels. Um, The FA monsters don't do levels, but that's not really like continuous counting. It's just like you use effects that give the levels. Yeah. So... And if I consider your finished as, as an example of I hope you've been counting, it means it's tracking some... I would guess it's tracking some kind of game mechanic. Nebulous so, something to count, yeah. Nebulous something to count. I can't think of a monster that counts, like, the number of attacks. Something to count. You need, like, a, a terrible Vanguard card, like yeah. those ones, which is, like, on the fifth attack this turn. Yeah. You can, <laughs> like, some kind of Nova Grappler thing. I, uh, you win the duel on the well yeah but I know I know it doesn't track turns I was thinking maybe it's like the gimmick puppet Leo of Disaster or whatever that has the all win con yeah 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 um no no. oh um okay I do have okay I have my monster guess this may be a mistake uh I believe I'm I'm hoping I get the name of this card right Uh, I am going to guess Ghost Trick Angel of Mischief because it counts the number of materials under it uh to decide if you win the game or not and that's you win if you have 10 materials on it it's a very interesting and good guess but i'm afraid it's not angel of mischief fair enough can't get uh can't you get can't blind fire twice uh, no so you still okay. have one more question okay uh my final question is oh jesus um what can I would narrow this down. I, I, I have to see if I can figure out if I can figure out what it's counting. Then I think that's my only way out. Mayhaps. Um, I could. I guess I could narrow down the type of monster it is, but with one question, I don't know if that's possible to do. Um, doesn't count turns. Counted something. Um. I don't know if I'm allowed to ask this, but I'll try it. Uh, does this card count something that appears on a monster card? No. Okay. So it doesn't count. Okay, so that I, I'm surprised that I was. I, I'm surprised that that counted as an answer. So, I think so. so. That mean, I think okay, that's so that means. Question. Okay, so that means it doesn't count attack or defense, and it doesn't count levels. It doesn't count copies of a card, and it doesn't count. That still means it could count banished cards, uh, so that because that doesn't like appear on a monster. Or it could it count could graveyards. Count, it could count cards on deck. You could count cards in number of cards. Okay. Um, that's weird because I'm thinking recover, but I don't know if saying that it has five, that you have to have five or. Okay, no. I will. I'm going to. I'm going to lock in my guess. Uh, for for time's sake, I'm gonna run myself into circles. Um, I think I am going to guess recover. Recover is a level one tuner uh, that says that you can't um, if you have uh, you can special summon it from your graveyard for free if you have uh, five at least or like five or more fewer cards in your extra deck than your opponent. So I'm gonna say it's recover. It's a very well educated guess. However, I'm sad to say it's no dice. You, uh, you were right. You were going to talk yourself around in circles. You talked yourself so around in circles that you missed a very easy one. It's Big Uh-oh. Nib. It's Big Nibiru. It's Nib. 
Iru, count the number of summons. <laughs> oh, I thought I thought that your finished would be the harder one to get, and you would oh. use. I thought you may get Nibiru first, and then use your Nibiru to figure out your finished. And once you got your finished, I thought I was finished. I thought you'd be on that Nibiru track right at the base of the ah, same cut. That is a dang. That is a really easy one. Count the number of summons. I didn't even. I could have. I was thinking like I, I was thinking summon limit, but then I just completely forgot. That would have been a good cool um, guess too for the spell trap. Dang. Well, I mean, I'm happy I got your finish, but I will forever be embarrassed by not getting the beer of the priority. <laughs> I really thought your finish would be the key to the kingdom. And to, I almost said, I, well, your finish is like the new Nibiru, um, but bad. Maybe that um, would have been a little bit too easy. <laughs> I had to physically grab myself and stop myself from saying it. Oh, no. Oh, How really, embarrassing. Was... No, I'm kidding. You did great. I, I, guess, uh, I guess I'm the one that's finished today. <laughs> Maybe I should have given you one guess extra to make up for your bonus one from the spell trap, but there we go. No, no, no. no. I play by the rules. Play by the rules. You play by the rules. <laughs> so many people um, who aren't content creators, who aren't pro players, will go up to the big events for selling. They will bring their cards, they will sell them at a profit or at a markdown, depending on what, whether they're nice or not. What do you think of vendors? Obviously, people live, people do live off vending. It's a thing that people do. However, yep. It's a dangerous game, I think, in terms of your mental health, in terms of tracking all those cards and numbers. So I know of uh, I know of two people in my city, kind of in my local scene, who vending is what they do. Um, shout out to Don. Uh, every time that I show up to a large event, he hands me an extra copy of Terror King Salmon he found in his bulk. Man is a legend. Uh, <laughs> I, forgot, I probably got half my copies because of our, our little arrangement. Yeah. Um, but um, it is something you do all the time, and it means that you show up to locals and you don't play most yeah. of the time. It's like you you often give up playing to to be doing that because of both the time it takes and because your best time to sell is when the community is gathered, and that means that you can't be playing. The guy so, who's like, I forgot to bring... I forgot to bring any IP mascarina. Has anyone got an IP mascarina? Wow. He's the guy. He's got an IP mascarina. He got three. I got it. And it's like it, it's usually they they sit in the in the in the shop and they have got a bunch of binders out and people go there like, hey, you got this? Can I look through your stuff? And uh, I think it is a it's interesting, right? Um, I think on the whole, my experience with vendors has been good. Hmm. Uh, like a TCG player I think when you get into like the online marketplace stuff you can have some issues yeah. so the ban list uh, happened recently uh, and that always is is market craze even something as small as the one we got with five changes lots of shifts in what people were buying Fenrir from the Megatons goes from like $5 to $22 yeah. in like 10 minutes because everyone thought um, he was going to be banned so the costs yep. were low because they thought there's no point buying your Fen Fenrir's because next ban list is probably going to go to one it did not get hit at all which means suddenly oh my god I need my Fenrir's um, so everybody yeah. goes over and everybody does it in high in like a pack mentality they all go at it once and yeah, yeah. Like you run into stuff where people will like, oh, I didn't raise my prices, but somebody ordered them. Oh, oops, sorry. I was rearranging my inventory. I don't have them anymore. I will have to cancel your order. And let me just uh, turn around and list them again for uh, like uh, $5 higher uh, two hours later, which is scummy, but I understand. It's like both, you see level. both sides because like I have a card that was worth four pounds. It's now worth 80 pounds. He bought it 10 minutes before I could change it. Like it's, 
you feel bad for the guy. You'd want to probably offer like, I don't know, but it's, it sucks. But that's the game. You're playing a shop game. Yeah. Like, it, it, it's tough when it's yeah. It, it, it's tough when the like I've had um, I had I had it happen recently with Denglong. So I I bought a Denglong like a week and a half before yeah. the ban list came out that unbanned it on TCG Player, and uh, it didn't show up for like a month and a half. And so I eventually messaged. I was like, hey, uh, where is this? And they just immediately refunded it. I was like, oh, so you didn't send it? Okay. <laughs> I was like, well, all right then. When, um, I was, when I was collecting the ban list, it took me a couple of months to get the whole thing sorted. And in that time, I think we had about three ban lists. And it was crazy. Like, um, I got the Ptolemaeus, uh, like, the, the week before it got unbanned. And I was like, two pounds. And I was seeing it 30 for my copy. And my copy wasn't even the most expensive copy available. It was like 30 a copy. I was like, damn, this, this is an investment if I ever bother to sell any of these. But yeah. That's wild. Yeah. And so if you can read the market, right? then uh then you can do pretty well for yourself uh i know like there's i have there's people who like well blaster got on band they're like here are my 50 copies of blaster who wants them and you can make if you make that call correctly you make a lot of money uh it actually it's shockingly it is like very doable um if, if you're right yes however however the problem is <laughs> the problem is being right uh anybody who invested in the super heavy samurai stuff to be flipping with people got absolutely dunked when it got hit in three weeks yeah. uh you are constantly at the mercy of konami uh and the reprint cycle and a- anything else like you could be holding on to those uh what was the big one lately it was like yeah photon uh lord photon lord There's- he's still a bit expensive he's the most expensive number of the whole yeah. collection. Um, I think even when you factored in my Ghost Rares, he was still more expensive than anything in my number collection so far. Um, luckily, I've had him since he came out, so I didn't actually have to buy him. But if I had to buy him, he would have been a real pain to buy. Um, they yeah. have announced that he's finally getting a reprint um, in the Rarity collection, I believe. Um, so it's that- either the Rarity collection or I think it's in Battles of Legend. But the next... Uh, it's coming. I think it's in... The, yeah, sometime in February, I think, is when it comes out. Um but even then, it's it's so expensive. Uh, so if he, so, like even like a reprint announcement can drop a card, so you could just be like, you could be making a decision about a market thing, and then and a reprint will get announced for like nine months out, and then the price will go down. Maybe not that much, but it's still down from where you were. Yeah. And uh, like anybody who bought Fenrir's at their peak, uh, like the ultra rush from the set, and just didn't sell them, is now sitting on like a card that is not really very expensive anymore or at least it's not as much as you paid for it right so and ultimately or anyone um, who offloaded it before the ban list trying to keep some change they have now wasted stuff that would be now higher so it's a real roller coaster yep it's uh you, you are so i think it is that is probably the way that most people try to make money off of the game and it is doable but it is risky and there are probably more stable ways to do it <laughs> Just before we wrap up today, how do you feel about the ban list? Last week on Friday, same day as the last podcast, a new shiny ban list came out. It wasn't a long one. It was a short one, but it was a big one in many ways. How do you feel? Uh, well, speaking of somebody, I, I was at YCS Vancouver. Uh, that was the, uh, the the week before the ban list came out. So I've, I've, been, I've spent a lot of time in the format. Uh, I, I I am somebody who is like usually very critical of the ban lists. I, I really strongly dislike a lot of Konami's design decisions, and there are a lot of things I don't like about 
this list, like what's not on it. But this is an eight out of 10 for me. This is the first time I've looked at, looked at a ban list and been like, I agree with all of these decisions. Um, Arise Hard being banned is massive. Uh, it is hard to understate. I, I, it, it doesn't change the top level of the format that much, but from like tier two down, it opens up so many more strategies to be played. It opens up a lot more tech space. Previously, everybody and their mother was main decking Book of Moon uh, and or and Book of Eclipse or siding Book of Eclipse. Now we can choose other cards. Forbidden Droplet is a card that's viable to play again uh, because Arise Heart is gone. Uh, so uh, Ultimate I, I, Slayer. Yeah, Arise Heart is a it's an Xyz monster. You can summon it super easily in Kishtira, but you can summon it easily in some other decks like Vancrystal. It uh, makes all cards from the field go to the banish, and it continuously pluses as you do so, and it lets you banish cards of your choice off the field. It was basically two. It was basically Dryden, which is another banned card that pops quickly, and it's a card like Dimension Shifter, which is a very powerful hand trap that has very hard limitations on when you can use it, but for cheaper and easier and freer and more powerful, and had a 3k body. It was very, very toxic, and it's very, very banned now. Um, I 100% agree with you everything on this list i'm happy with i wish there was more things on this list but i am not annoyed by any of the things they did and i'm actually quite pleased about every single thing that they did do in that way this list is amazing every decision was good we just needed more decisions we needed more decisions i agree it is so am i i'm holding out hope personally that we are going to get the crappy auto wins hit on the next list. Mm. Something that a lot of people wanted, including me, was bans to Eradicator, Epidemic Virus, Dimension Shifter, Dimensional Barrier, Harpy's Featherstorm, uh, these uh, lingering floodgates that do not have a reasonable existing counterplay to them. The continuous trap ones like Skill Drain and Rivalry and Ghost and Antikabu all suck, um, but at least uh, there's more available counterplay in the form of quick play back row removal. You can run back row um, removal, you can't run back row removal to lingering effects because when a card like uh, Dimension Shifter is activated, unless you negate the activation at the beginning, that's active for the whole turn and your turn yeah. after that as well. If you're the player going first, there are some options uh, like cross out, although cross out for Shifter is. is should you shouldn't be asking people to do that same with cross out for dimensional barrier or eradicator um cross out for problem. anything if the only answer yeah. to something is you have to run your own one and a cross out that's a problem that sucks um dimension shifter specifically i think is is the most egregious one normal trap cards have eps cipher and epsilon which is cope but is an option right so you at least have two um the dimension shifter uh, you have, if you're going second into it, your options are one copy of Gamma, which requires you to run one copy of Driver. And I think I have zero problem with powerful cards existing. I have problem with powerful cards existing that have no counterplay. And right now, Shifter is a card with no counterplay. Yeah. Shifter and Dimensional Barrier, presuming that the set lists are the same, are both in the rarity collection. So they were unlikely to be hit on this ban list. Uh, yeah. My hope is that this list was small so that the next list can axe some of these cards thank you for your kind gifts lewis sean ben john zade z corin eric wolfie joel cat and chaos big appreciation all round 